Hello, and welcome back to another episode of GBF. This is your host, Rob. And this is your other host, Geraldine. Today we're talking about uh, the book Heartstopper, or rather Webtoon, uh, Heartstopper by Alice Oseman, uh, a very popular teen uh, graphic novel series um, that's in book form and also virtual. I read it on my phone, uh, which was really convenient, actually. And it follows the lives of literally just two boys who are in high school and they're gay in Britain. Well, actually, I shouldn't say gay. They're queer. They are in love. And it's um, it's a, it's a it's a graphic novel series about about boys in love. And I feel like that's kind of like the idea that the author had and she just said yeah it's gonna be just this and i'm gonna do it better than everyone else oh oh so he's a fan (laughs) i'm a fan i mean i wasn't too excited to read it at first because i was thinking to myself um i'm not someone who would really take to reading something in like a cartoon form also the amount of books that we've reviewed that are literally just two cis men who have crushed on each other that then go down some, you know, tragic course of dramatic gay events, and then they end up falling in love. Like, that's, like, our bread and butter. But I will say there's something so unusually comforting about this story. So nice. And then what made it so strong, I think, was not only was it relatable, but when you peeled back some of the layers of the flowers, it had unexpected little nodules of dark matter. Mm -hmm. Isn't that a good way to put it? Dark matter. Dark oh, matter. Damn. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> obviously this was not my idea to read. It was Geraldine's because she reads stuff like like this, right? Oh. <laughs> that's okay. not that's that's not a read. I'm just saying you read things like this. So Well, okay, here's the thing. Like I grew up on internet culture, pulse on the beat. You mean finger on the pulse? Of Oh, pulse. <laughs> Or the... Finger on the pulse, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Finger on the pulse of the beat of the pulse. This is the difference between you and me and I think how we grew up. Like, I had no supervision whatsoever on the internet, whereas... Obviously. You did not know what things were (laughs) until, like, maybe sophomore year of high school. I don't know. I mean, didn't get a Facebook until I was a junior and that was just to get prom pictures so yeah i didn't use facebook i wasn't let on youtube we had such different i mean your parents just let you fly you knew things i feel like yeah and because of that i think i was a lot more open to different things as a child (laughs) (laughs) whereas like i was very much like on fandom internet before even like before like twilight was like a huge thing on the internet like, and that's scary. You're, like, aging yourself a little bit too much right now. It's like, it's like damn, bitch, how old are you? <laughs> no, the point is, like, I was too young <laughs> to be on the internet when I was on the internet. Wait, so what device did you have? Like a, like a tabletop? What's it called? Yeah, we had a home PC. <laughs> is that what it's called? We all shared it. With the modem? <laughs> modem? Yes, the modem, yeah. No, like a, a tower PC. <laughs> oh, my. so you all share? Yeah, we just had to fight for our lives <laughs> to do our little unsupervised sections. But so I was on fandom internet really early. You know, like I was watching anime very early. I feel like graphic novels and webtoons were just like more readily available for me. Because specifically like in school, like they don't like 
tell you to read graphic novels ever. You know what I mean? Like, they kind of discourage it. Yeah, they're like, don't, don't do all that. Like, that's not real reading. I had a graphic novel that I read about a girl with braces called, like, Smiley or something. Smile! Ooh! Yeah. She went to SVA! <laughs> <laughs> um, alumni! I like that book. I remember there was, it was sort of about, like, girls' puberty. And I felt like it, I was so wrong. It was, like, wrong for me to read. That's what, like, gave it that risk factor. And I remember my friend gave it to me. And we both, like, read it in secret in fifth grade because we weren't supposed to read graphic novels. Um, which is dumb because I think kids should be reading this one. Well, maybe when they're in, like, eighth grade. Well, here's your problem. You have this stigma that graphic novels are for children all of a sudden. And that's seeping out. It's like, baby, your implicit bias is showing. Uh, it is. No, and it's it's true. Am I wrong? I do think that there is a obviously a stereotype that like they're for kids, but I think that this sort of series can prove that wrong because I enjoyed it. And although it is childlike, it's in the it's in the same childlike vein of like why I like reading the Hunger Games or why I like reading YA, because YA is attractive even if it's in a graphic form. And it's and especially when this book is not really long, it's different volumes, but for me to read seven volumes for like a week of my life, going on the train and falling asleep and doing whatever, this was the most enjoyable like week of my, one of the most enjoyable <laughs> weeks of my 2022. Oh my God. No, no, no. <laughs> Can you imagine? Did I, did I almost say life? Did y'all hear me almost say life? <laughs> <laughs> the most enjoyable weeks of my life. Alice Oseman, you did that. Um, no, no, no. Just of the year. It was, it was really adorable. So here's what I want to know. Like, what were your thoughts or, like, preconceptions of a graphic novel before you read this? I thought it was going to be hard to read. I didn't know if it was going to, like, flow through my brain. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I didn't think I was actually going. Yeah, in the same way. And also, I was really hesitant to go. I also was embarrassed to read it, like, in public. Because <laughs> I was scared. But you were you know? reading it on your phone. I know, but you know when you're sitting on the subway and, like, you know someone's looking over your shoulder? I didn't want to think I was literally reading, like, little cartoons. But then I was like, you know what? One of my New Year's resolutions was not to care what people think. And this is what I'm trying to say. I just had the, I just had the best time reading it all the time. Like, I didn't really care. But also, this multi... Oh, she created a multiverse. One against a multiverse. No, she, seriously. She actually did. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, and it's just a bunch of little, like, white kids running around Britain. With, they're just in love. They go to middle school, high school. Oh, my God. Um, and it's just really... It's really chill. But she took the characters and she said, okay, I want to write something that's relatable for really everyone. And even though the two main people are these two boys, I'm going to have a trans character. I'm going to have straight characters who are, like... Bi, maybe they're pansexual. I'm gonna have an older sister who has her own spinoff series, which we'll get into. I'm gonna put in friends of friends who are mentioned in the main series, but then they're gonna be main characters in other books that go to the different school, to the school next door. And if you really like her, you could read like eight different books or something following all the different characters that just might be in one or two chapters. Like, even like the, the I'm waiting for the gay teachers to get their spinoff. She's a very, I, that's why I will say it, it's intelligently written. And again, I was surprised by some of the subject content. Uh, the content in it. I think like as someone who's read graphic novels um, I mean I went to art school and we read graphic novels as part of curriculum sometimes and so I, one of my teachers asked us one time like why do you think the author chose to tell this story in graphic novels form because the author that it was the author of Good Time um, wrote like actual books before, kind of like Alice Oseman, right? Like she writes books, like Heartstopper is her one exception where she's like decided to draw it, draw it out. 
and it's the same thing with good time and he asked like why do you think she chose to draw it out this time and i think specifically good time is about like her conversations with her child like as he realizes like the racial like implications of like his own skin tone and the world he was living in um so they're like really deep hard conversations that she would have and i answered i raised my hand <laughs> i was like I think she chose to do it because there's something about the format of a, a graphic novel that makes it, one, easier to read for an audience, but also easier to write. Because I think when you're writing a book, you're focused so much on the prose. And in this case, like graphic novels are generally like told through conversations and dialogue. So you're getting rid of all the stuff that I think holds a lot of writers back from telling a story, right? It's like, I have to describe everything. I have to put in all these emotions, whereas you're getting the emotions from the pictures and the words and actual conversations you're having. So Heartstopper works because it's a very it's very simply drawn like that's no shade that's what cartoonists do they figure out a way to draw things and they draw them fast and quickly because that's the other thing about this format specifically heartstopper is on webtoon which is a free app and it gets updated literally weekly so you're getting really short uh Every relatable episodes yeah which is insane i could personally never do that but um so it's extremely approachable to people who want to read a story but they don't necessarily want to read a book or to and it's extremely approachable to authors too to tell a story without being bogged down by the actual idea of writing a full story so are you trying to suggest that like writing a graphic novel is easier than writing a normal novel or no that's no. a misconception it it comes with its own issues. Like you can't compare them because they're just different. But there are, I'm, what I'm trying to say is there are different places where the application of one is more preferable to the other. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that it's, it's significant that she was a writer who wrote books. Um, I'm confused on the timeline of like what why novels came out when, but obviously Heartstopper is her breakthrough. Like, that's not lost on any, anyone. And I think it's because she's a person with great ideas. And this story, it's not... It doesn't come off originally as too ambiguous. And I feel like her writing, putting it into pictures... Starts off softly. Oh, so soft. I mean, the first two volumes, it's just... One of the first things that drew me into it was just how it was drawn. And uh, the characters have such lovable, cute faces. And, you know, it's not a story <laughs> that rockets off very passionately at first you spend like two volumes until they like kiss like it really takes its time to breathe and they don't even start even thinking about sex until like right now like w three years after this has come out i think it actually first came out in like 2016 or 2017 they're just now mm -hmm. discovering how they feel about each other sexually and i kind of like how what's the word like novel and cute and like I don't know, like, it's not, like, one of these dramatic... Mundane. 
Yeah, it is a little mundane. Like, it's just very, a very easy read, and it's laced in... No, just, I was gonna just address now how uh, the two characters, Charlie and Nick, have a pretty typical relationship, but for young people, they handle issues that you never really see talked about, I feel like. For one, especially for young boys, to talk about eating disorders and handle it Mm -hmm. in a way, introduce something like, like a very intense eating disorder, something that one of the characters was hospitalized for in this very, like, cutesy little picture drawn adorable little world Mm -hmm. it worked like it didn't even it was like a necessary disruption it was actually i mean i think we were both surprised when that the whole plot line was introduced and it like didn't distract from anything because like she really built up this relationship and then the thing that like she steers away from is like that love triangle that rival trope that you see Uh, a lot right and the problem in the relationship isn't like how much they like each other or if they like someone else. It's like literally like Charlie is trying to heal himself and Mm -hmm. Nick doesn't know how to approach like being there for him, which I think is such an interesting... It's so interesting. It's really interesting. Especially for young teenagers because you hit it on the head when it's like most teen stories, it's about cheating, rival boyfriends, sex popularity, maybe if we're going to go there, drugs, violence, euphoria. Like, that's one end of it. And I mean, euphoria is an extreme example. But like so many young kids and us as adults are attracted to teen melodramas but this is so much more like what if you just put two people in this vacuum of love where they just already accept mm-hmm. that they love each other so much and rather than the issues that affect their relationship be external things it's just internal things that aren't jealousy or necessarily insecurity but like their own their own mental health and I feel like I even learned seeing a character who was only 17 years old go through the process of googling how can I help someone with an eating disorder? Having, not only coming out to their parents as, oh, I'm gay, but then, oh, I have a boyfriend, but also, oh my God, my boyfriend, I'm afraid that he's gonna, uh, trigger warning, commit suicide, or hurt himself by starving himself. Like, what can I do? And it just really, I don't know, it pushed the needle for the story in, in a really interesting direction that I was like, I have to make sure these characters are okay. The perspective of Nick is so important in this. Ugh, whereas so I feel important. Like if you are seeing the media about eating disorder, it's very like internal. It's literally like one character's going through it and mm-hmm. you don't really see anything else. It's kind of like blinders, right? So like being able to see the perspective from someone from the outside, I think is uh, just something I need to see more of, to be honest. <laughs> because like see it from the outside as if I would see it, you know, like if someone else in my life was struggling with the same thing, like, I don't know, like, first of all, Nick is an amazing character in general. Um, so Nick is an empath. He is what he's an saying. amazing character. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I just think it's so important to see it from the other side as well, because it sort of normalizes the idea of like, not keeping it all to yourself, right? Like letting other people mm-hmm. be in your life when you're going through something. Which is, again, another issue that Charlie has is, like, I have this issue. He, he very much, like, keeps it to himself until it's sort of, like, brought out. Right. And these two characters, they... Don't forget how corny and cute they can also be. Like, I think that's what makes it such a perfect little story, is that they literally meet because Nick is like, oh, you should join the rugby team. And it's like, <laughs> why the fuck would this twink join the rugby team? And he does... And it's all, like, the percolating feelings of, well, Nick is straight, so I, you know, I can't have a crush on him because he's straight. I can't have a crush on him because he's straight. And those sorts of storylines 
mixed in with like the secret gay guy who like gay bashes you storylines that's where this book Mm. starts like there is a character in this book who like he's hooking up with in the locker behind the lockers and that bullshit and i think we're all tired of that bullshit so i think that's what i was trying to say before where it's like and she she's quick to abandon that the the author i think she wanted to introduce his characters as okay this is a boy who's out at an all-boys school in britain in the 2000s so you know it's it is like takes place in current day so the climates you know it is what it is but still I'm not trying to be at an all-boys anything ever. I mean, unless it's like, you know, something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about Fire Island, but like, I'm not trying to be... Uh, all men, all men. But being young and being stuck with all mm-hmm. in a school environment, it seems like a nightmare. I'm a person who's against, like... Uh, how do you say sexual Just throw it back to gym class. Like, that was enough trauma. Oh, never. So much trauma. And I didn't even have a bad swing at it. I was the person who literally pretended to tie, sh- untie and tie his shoelaces repeatedly so that I wouldn't get asked to go into the court to play basketball because for some reason it worked. <laughs> so I feel for Charlie and that's where this starts. And I'm like, you know what? I'm My brain doesn't want to go there. I'm not in the mood to do the whole adolescence, gay coming out. But that's really not what what happens in this story. And it's because you have Nick, who's such a good character. It's not only is he like the idealized version of a boyfriend that everyone wants. Because when you get to into his own, own personal trauma, you know, of things with his father or how he helps Charlie, like you kind of get to go behind the curtain and see, okay, well, how does the perfect boyfriend actually deal with these things? How does he actually help? And, you know, um, is it possible for these two young, you know, kids to be in love but also go through all these issues? And... Yes, and they have lots of friends, and they go to Paris, and I just, I don't know, I I recommend the story a lot, because there's just really beautiful moments, like, if anyone here has a love language that is touch, you should read this series, because the way they just want to hug each other all day, and, like, are obsessed with just, like, touching each other in a really cute way, it's just, like, (laughs) so adorable. Because, like I said, it's not sexual, but they'll just be, like, walking around, and I'm pretty sure there's, like, a thought bubble, and it's like, I just want to hug him. I just want to snuggle. I just want to do this. And it's so easy. They even have a sleepover, and they don't even fuck or anything. Like, could not have been me. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, I was out the gate way too early doing risky shit, and they're not doing that. And I think that it's really, really sweet. I mean, because everything about this feels so natural. No one feels very tokenized. No one feels like, oh, this is the girl with the eating disorder who they have to help, or this is the boy who's the bully and has this... No, it's just like, you know, instead you have this boy with an eating disorder, and it gets, you know, never... You can't solve something like that, but you see the process of it. And it's... And it's still go. I mean, the, the best part about this series is that it kind of, the book never ends. My question is, have you been reading weekly or have you let it go? <laughs> I haven't let it go. I just read it like two weeks ago and then I stopped myself from from reading it like two days ago because I know that they See, come out on... See, that's the problem. Yeah, because you can read the chapter in two minutes. So then it's like, ugh. And, yeah. it's, and they're ju- and not to be whatever, but they are literally getting into like their sexual lives. Like they're considering like having sex. And you're like, I'm, like, I'm gonna wait for this. Get yeah. my glass. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, like I don't want to get my like. <laughs> I don't want to be left on leave his balls on blue. I'm like I can't. I want to see the full story, the full saga. I kind of just want to yeah. wait for the volume to come out. I will say though, I feel like the weekly episodes, or I guess the ten day. <laughs> apart episodes they they work for the story just because it sets like a pace that feels very real you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so like the story is so realistic already that like it just feels like i said like mundane but like in the good way like i don't i never almost never use mundane as like an insult because i think like there's such beauty in like the little things in life like 
Yeah. But <laughs> you can listen to our Dorian Gray episode if you want. But I totally agree. It works for this specific story. Some there are some webtoons I can't read until they're literally completed because I just have no patience and I have n- like I lose interest very quickly. But like this is one of those stories that is just so easy to like hop back in like it doesn't really matter <laughs> like if you're just enjoying the atmosphere like i it's not a crazy roller coaster it's just the it's just a little it's very easy yeah it's super easy I, and that's I not an say, insult to the writer yeah i would say this is a good beginner's like graphic novel slash webtoon but i'm assuming that the like most people are reading the webtoon first and then they're reading her books like it's i don't think it's the other way around as of right now, I'm ready to eat the main course. I think it looks adorable. <laughs> no, I thought the trailer was giving. I feel like it's such a nice break from like the teen media that we've get. Like everyone watched Euphoria. Like why can't I just watch Heartstopper? That's exactly what I'm saying. Like I feel like if you're gonna judge it right off the bat as like a sort of show that's giving like CW or like bad teenage acting, it's like well, I personally didn't get that from it. But also because I read the book. Like, if you read the book and you know the characters, like, if I see two gay boys in a British school uniform, I'm gonna be like, okay, I don't really think this is for me. I kind of know where this is gonna go. So I understand, again, we could talk about the preconceived notions mm-hmm. of this book on and on, but I, my only issue with this trailer is that Nick is, like, four feet tall. Otherwise, I think it's gonna be great. I actually felt better about him in the trailer than I did like in any of the promo photos. This is the Netflix show. Let's remember that Netflix is kind of like the new CW, but with, I guess, arguably better production value and more of a commitment to giving, you know, uh, innovative stories. Let's say that. You know, it's not gonna necessarily Riverdale out everything with bullshit and it's not gonna give you, you know, just white cis. I think it's gonna give you a concise story, usually. And I will say their, specifically, like, their British TV shows have a very different tone than their American-produced TV shows. I will say that. I, I agree. I just wish that the one boy was taller, because the cutest part of their relationship, because Charlie is a twink, <laughs> but I do think that it's cute that one of them is a rugby player who's more mass. His whole, like, a cornerstone of his personality is that he's masculine and fits in with all the straight boys and people don't expect him to be bi and every people are intimidated he's a friendly giant i'm pretty sure they call him like the gentle giant and then they cast this like four foot ten boy but i'm gonna trust that the casting directors which alice oseman did the casting with the director you know they always say you know the author was a part of the creation you never know how much the author actually is but i feel Mm -hmm. like i i trust that maybe alice was in the room and if they have good chemistry that's what will sell. So I have, I think I have faith. They're cute. They're like 18 year old little little men living like they're probably going to slay. Yeah, I like the tone of it. But to be honest, I don't know if I'm going to watch it. Well, <laughs> why not? That's interesting. You just don't care. I don't know. Maybe I was in a bad mood when I watched it. Because now thinking back, I'm thinking back. Yeah, you just, you just had so many good things. You just like went to war defending it. You're like, everyone watched Euphoria. Oh, why can't I watch this? It's like, well, you can. <laughs> I think it's really like. 
I'm not sure if I'm going to watch it, like, right when it comes out. Like, you know what I mean? I think it'd also be one of those shows that maybe won't really... It's not going to break the internet. Like, I don't think it's going to take over Twitter. Like, oh my god, this new Netflix show. It doesn't have that vibe at all. It's no. more for us. It's more for, like, the... It's going to break the yeah. Osmonites. <laughs> the Osmonators are waiting. Don't you love how at the end of every single <laughs> little cartoon, there's, like, the comment section? I love it. It's always the most wholesome, little happy. Yeah. That's the best part about reading a webtoon. When you finish a chapter of a book, you're like, oh shit, like, what do the comments say? And, like, you don't have that on a, in a book. But you have it in a webtoon. Let's just say, wait, so these comments are very tame, but you, when you read like <laughs> more intense webtoons, manhwas, and stuff like that, <laughs> and it's like bordering problematic, if not problematic, those are fire comments. No, I will say that these comments, the comment section only shows you three of them, so I guess it's the ones that are like the most upvoted, and then you can click mm -hmm. to go to like the bigger comment section. But they're always so sweet. Like, they're never mm -hmm. dirty. They're never bad. They're never mean. There's no cursing. Well, actually, <laughs> there's one underneath the most recent chapter that just says, is it hanky-panky time? Like, who says that? <laughs> That's just to illustrate. That's so it's funny. like, are, this, who are the people that are commenting these things? Like, if this was YouTube, it'd be like, oh, they're gonna fuck or something like that. <laughs> the media um, attracts a very specific audience, right? But it's also, wait, but it's not, that's not always true though, because these people are definitely reading other things that are much more raunchy, but I guess they're like, it's kind of like being in a church. So now we're at church. <laughs> well, you just, you can't like, you can't like defile the comment section of Heartstopper. It's a sanctuary. It's a sacred space. Um, everyone should watch Heartstopper because maybe we could talk about it in a future little catch-up episode. I will be watching it in between, you know, like I'll cook my little dinner and then sit down and watch it for a half hour or something. It seems like that sort of television, not like super bingeable, but just cute. I recommend if you don't read graphic novels or webtoons, please go read this. It's gay, it's cute, you have representation across the board, and I will say it feels really realistic despite the friend group being composed of all like perfectly casted queer people. But also I do have friend groups that are basically all gays, but it's just <laughs> cute that it's like a lesbian couple, a gay couple, a trans girl, a pansexual boy, and then some guy named like Harry or something who just is friends with them and like isn't anything. But I think he has his own series. So there you go, it's Easter eggs. It's the it's the Osman um, cinematic, you know, the OCU. I'm curious, like, did you look around on Webtoon, the app? I started, so I saw something on there that I clicked on that seemed like gay, and then I just couldn't do it. It's called, um, it's in my recents, the half of it? All of this just looks like, you know, like, <laughs> manga style. And I thought maybe now that I finished Heartstopper, I could just find something else cute. But I don't know. I think I'm just such a normie. I love what's popular. I love what other people tell me to do. He's submissive in the media. The news in the media is submissive. But where are the news and the media? It's us. We're the... I, 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 it's true. I mean, what other webtoons do you read? Like, are you trying to say you read other things? Well, I don't read all of my webtoons on webtoon. There's other platforms? That's the thing. Well, they're all... Well, there are... You have to pay for them, so you have to like find them. Oh, so you're scamming for free. You when you were eight years old on the yeah. on the tabletop computer, like what were you reading then? Okay, <laughs> I'm like maybe actually I don't want to know. <laughs> anyway, um, this has been I I think this has been a cute episode, and I'm I'm waiting honestly 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 I think I'm just gonna read the new the two new chapters that I haven't read because I I need to know like are they gonna fuck. Or not? Is it hanky-panky time? You will find out. We'll find out. Wait, Robert, I'm a little confused. Why are you so excited to see... No, we're not... <laughs> ...have sex? 
It's like, okay, um, Sam Levinson. Like, all right. We got a Sam Levinson on our hands. They're 18 or something. They're not going to show. You think Al, You think Miss Oseman is going to show oh. that? Don't be disgusting. They're just going to cuddle and, like, you know, do something under the sheets. It's not my problem. I want to know. The readers want to know. It's not just me. It, come on. These boys have been on doing the, They've been dating for, like, five years. It's time's up. Step up and prep up. Step up and prep the fuck up, okay? I hope that by the end of volume seven, they're on prep. I hope so. It's like Charlie like goes into like the cabinet and there's like pure for men. He's like, <laughs> uh, okay, anyway. Bye. We gotta leave. Yeah, we gotta go. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye.